Welcome into the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Matt Castillo here with Chip Murphy and Danny Small. And uh, you know, last week, Chip, me and you kind of went down, looked at different options for the eighth pick, the twenty seventh pick, just talking about different things about the draft. Uh, we were trying to get some guests on this week, talk a little bit more draft with us. We couldn't quite work it in the schedule, so we're going to try again next week. Um, you know, to kind of really get this draft kind of kicked off and started here. Um, and Danny, I know um, I, we were talking before about this, and, and I just want to get your your viewpoint on this perspective before we all really start doing our homework in the draft and profiling players and all that. Uh, this is one thing that me and Chip talked about last week, so I'm just curious to hear your answer for it. Just for like the eighth pick, what do you, what were you thinking that the Knicks should look for? Is it the best available player at that point? Is it a position need? Oh, and also, if it is best player available, at that, what then what is what do you think the Knicks should be looking for? My preference, I think they should be finding shooters in this draft, but there's a lot of things that the Knicks can try to get here. What is your viewpoint on how the Knicks should approach this eighth pick? I think the, if you think I th- like the preference, I would say is you know getting a point guard of the future. That's always something that, I mean, that's been years the Knicks have been looking for that. So I think if you can get, like, the point guard of the future, that would be, like, a draft for that need. But with the Knicks, I mean, they don't have much talent on the team at all. So I think what they have to do – and I've kind of my, – my thinking has evolved from more of, like, the go for a point guard. Now that they're in the eighth, I think it's more just you take the best guy available no matter what because they just – they don't have much talent on the roster right now. You have to just add as much talent as you can. You take the best player available at that slot. Um, I mean, the only – maybe you don't take a center just if they think Mitch is in the long-term plans. That might be the only kind of, like, best player available that you wouldn't touch. But guards, wings, even, like, fours, I think you just take the best player that you can in that spot. And obviously, you know, a point guard would be nice, a good shooter – you know, three and D type guy would be nice. All that would be would be nice, but the Knicks just need talent, and they need you know, they need talent at a million different positions. So just go for the best guy and and see what happens. So you know, we we talked about this last week of starting the profile players and all that, and we, we will get to that. Um, you know, we'll pick some players. We might throw a poll out there, like we discussed last week, of any players that you want to see us kind of break down. A little bit, but what we're going to actually do with this show is go back to some of those rumors. You know, it's it's always fun to kind of take a look at the rumors because, again, anytime a star player, there's hints that he could be going somewhere else. The Knicks are always linked to that player because they're desperately trying to find a superstar to come to New York somehow, some way. Uh, so the recent headlines, you have Victor Oladipo, mm-hmm. who – is a possible trade target for the New York Knicks. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's name has been thrown in there, but that can kind of be put to rest uh, with the latest reports that he's probably going to be signing that extension to stay in Utah, but who knows. And then uh, other reports as well as uh, Van Fleet. The Knicks are targeting him 
for free agency. So I think that's where we're going to kind of go with this show today. And, uh, you know, Danny, I, th I think I, it was you, if I'm not mistaken, I read a tweet saying that you can kind of put uh, this Donovan Mitchell thing to rest finally. So what are your thoughts on the Donovan Mitchell? Did you ever think that was a real possibility, especially when he was irritated and agitated with Utah and especially Rudy Gobert back in like March? Um, what are your thoughts on, on this Donovan Mitchell uh, this situation? Well, I definitely, I definitely have to go back and listen to our episode that we did with uh, Chris Percyinen because uh, we kind of dove into a lot of this stuff. And I'm, I don't even remember what I was saying about Mitchell that episode. But, I mean, it was never really a serious thing. It was like, you know, almost like, a, you know, one of those mock trade things where everyone has a million different trade scenarios on Twitter and, like, every little thing that Mitchell does, you dissect it left and right. And, like, I'll, I'll admit, honestly, like, it's fun. Like, when the Jazz, you know, blow a 3-1 lead, like, it's fun to, like, laugh and think about, like, oh, Mitchell's going to want out. But, I mean, then you have, you know, Yahoo, Chris Haynes comes out today and says, you know, Sources say they're going to maximize or finalize the max deal, you know, as soon as possible, basically. And it's like, okay, so again, you know, it's fun to do these trades and debate stuff like that. But it's just that when was the last time the Knicks traded for a star like that? Mellow. And then, you know, on the flip side, we do the same thing with, you know, like Durant's coming, Kyrie's coming. When was the last time a big free agent signed with the Knicks? Amari before Melo. So it's like, you know, I think all this stuff is, it's more fun to, you know, imagine Donovan Mitchell coming to the Knicks than, you know, it's actually practical. Uh, but the one thing I will say is I'm very happy that I no longer will, or at least for a few years, won't have to see, you know, well, what if we, you know, Knox, Dennis Smith Jr. and Bobby Portis and we, we got those two uh, Charlotte second rounders and then one of our second rounders in two years, like, and then maybe the Clippers for like, I'm, t I'm very happy that I don't have to see like these deals where people are including everything except the good young players and assets that the Knicks have, because that's just like the, as much as fun as it can be like seeing some of those deals will drives me crazy. <laughs> so I've, on one hand, I, it would be cool to see Donovan Mitchell in New York. It would be fun to cover him, and he would make the Knicks a much more exciting team. But on the other hand, I'm I'm kind of happy that this nonsense is put to rest for a little while at least. We, we have this nonsense to rest with Donovan Mitchell, right? You know, you won't see all these crazy trades. But now we have reports out there that Oladipo could be a trade target. And Chip, I'm going to jump to you on this. Are we – is it just – goes from one to the other where we'll see crazy ideas for uh, an Olo Depot trade. And what are your thoughts on that? But those, those uh, rumors out there that the Knicks can pursue somebody like Victor Oladipo. Well, yeah, it's not going to go away because it's the Knicks uh, job one. It's the Knicks. So it's not going to go away, but also because Leon Rose used to be his agent. So it's definitely not going to go away, but I mean, Jonathan Macri put the report out, and he also, I believe, said that Oladipo wasn't happy in Indiana, something like that. And, I mean, if Indiana just – well, they did just fire their coach. So, if they don't get a coach that Oladipo likes, who knows what's going to happen there. I mean, he's – I mean, I wrote something about this, and I, I said it in there. Oladipo is a big fish in a small pond. You know, he's – 
an artist. He records music. He was on uh, that reality show, Mass Singer. He's going to be a celebrity. He's on commercials. He might not want to be in Indiana for a long time. He may want to get out there. With that said, I don't know if it's a good idea for the Knicks to trade for him, given that, you know, he had those great, that one great season, and since then he hasn't looked like the right guy. But, but the rumors are not going to go away. They're not going to go away because it's the Knicks and Oladipo is a star. And he's not a star on the level of Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker, but he's still a name. And they're not going to go away because it's the Knicks. So and I that's guess, the way it goes. Yeah, just, just to piggyback off your point, Chip, um, with Oladipo, like, I think at his best, he is like – exactly what you would want on like a lead dog and like a Tom Thibodeau team, like that 2017, 18 year, like, you know, a, a great, great defender, all NBA defender guy who can, you know, play the two guard, but also, you know, primary ball handler scored all three levels, like was a competitive, like dog who took LeBron to seven games in that series. And they, you know, they, they very well could have won that series. It, I know a couple, a couple balls bounced their way in that game seven, it, with the, the whole history of the NBA could be, you know, well, that might be exaggerating a little bit, but my point is just, <laughs> my point is just that, oh, that year of well, Oladipo. Well, LeBron had lost in the first round. I mean, yeah, that, it, it would have been changed a lot. Yeah, it would. Uh, that's that's what I mean. It would have changed. You know, I mean, not that they Give won the Skip championship Ellis some ammunition. that year. Give yeah, Skip some that's, ammunition. that that's very true. Um, but that version of Old Depot is like ex- it seems like to me exactly what Thibodeau would want on his team a defensive dog who's just like a, a lead guy who's just not afraid of the moment but I don't think that he's ever going to be that again unfortunately just because of the injury uh, so for the Knicks to to give up assets to get him I think that's risky because you're giving up assets and then you're in all likelihood going to sign him long term. And if he can't be that number one guy again, you're kind of in a weird spot then. Uh, So for the Knicks, I don't think he makes sense. I think I actually wrote about him for the Knicks and kind of like included a little thing about the team that looks pretty damn good right now as we're recording, the Miami Heat. I think he would actually be a a decent option for them Mm -hmm. because good defender can be like that second banana to Jimmy Butler. Uh, Also, you know, they have a, a, good cast of characters there to kind of like support them where it wouldn't be, you know, Jimmy and Victor and nobody else. Uh, So I think like a team like that, a contender who wants maybe like another like mid-level star to kind of push them over the edge. I think he makes a lot more sense for a team like that rather than a team like the Knicks who's looking for, you know, the big star to, to be that alpha dog. The guy. Yeah. You know, with yeah. me, with this, this the Oladipo news is, once again, if you're going to get involved in a trade like this, you know, you know you're going to have to give up a couple assets. And, and is Oladipo worth, uh, worth the, those assets? And, you know, he has developed into a, a, a pretty nice player. You know, in Indiana, you know, in Orlando, he really did not shine there. And Oladipo was a guy for me in that draft that I figured could be the best player to come out of that draft. I remember that a few years ago and, and me saying that I felt like, you know, he had the the biggest upside, I guess, in that draft, just in my eyes. 
And the first few years in Orlando, you know, it just didn't quite work out. Then I think what did he get traded to OKC? Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, you can see a little bit, but it still wasn't clicking. It's when he went to Indiana, he kind of found a home and has played well. Uh, but again, the big thing for me is the injury that he suffered. A, a serious, what, the ACL injury? It was one of the knee injuries. The, he had a quad, a a quad, quad injury. injury. Yeah, you yeah, know, that, you get, that hurt him. Yeah, get yeah. a little concerned, though, about that. And, and, and I know it's not like he's necessarily an injury-prone player, but that was a serious injury and a serious rehab that he had to go through from that. That kind of worries me some as well. I, and it just makes me wonder, is, is, is in your guy's opinion, as much as I like Oladipo, it depends for me what that package would kind of look like. And I think, I think you guys would agree with that. But to get something like this done, what do you think it's going to evolve? And do you think that that's worth it for the Knicks? So, Danny, I'll start with you. To make a trade for Oladipo, what would be evolved? And is, is he the guy that's, that's worth to give up some math, assets for? I'm not, I'm not great at, like, projecting, like, what trades will take. I think that's probably, as, like, a writer and a, somebody who covers the NBA, I think that's probably the toughest thing to do just because you don't know what someone's going to cost until it happens. But Indiana needs draft picks. Uh, I think – I don't know off the top of my head all their draft picks coming up, but I would imagine that since they don't want to be taking on a ton of payroll because they got Sabonis, Brogdon um, – they don't, they're probably not going to want to go in the luxury tax. I'm going to imagine they're going to want some draft picks. So I think if the Knicks are going to trade for him this year, I think that Clippers pick at 27 would be like a no, no doubter in a deal. I think maybe one of the Mavs picks in the future. Uh, Cause I don't think, I don't know if the Knicks would want to part ways with their own picks yet. Um, but I think at least two of those first rounders Clippers and maybe a Mavs in the future. And then I think I, I mean, teams are going to be asking for R.J. Barrett in any trade, I think. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if the Knicks would want to give him up for Oladipo, who, as we said, had all this, you know, kind of all these, these concerns with the injuries and, you know, is he the same player going forward? But anytime the Knicks are going to be looking to, to trade for a star, teams are going to be asking for R.J. Barrett. And maybe not the, uh, maybe not the Pacers specifically because they have um, – you know, they've got some bodies up front, but teams are going to be asking about Mitch in a trade like that too. So, I mean, if the Knicks want to trade for one of these guys, they're going to have to part ways with, you know, I mean, RJ and Mitch are their two best young assets, best, uh, I should call them best young players. I, it's like, I feel like that weird when you call young players assets, but yeah, it's going to take picks and it's going to take a good young player. And I don't know if Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith Jr., or Frank Nilakina count as one of those good young players. No. Maybe the maybe the pick this year is will will put it over the edge, like you know Devin Vassell or you know Killing Hayes or somebody like that. Maybe that'll be enough to to make a deal. No, but again, I I, I think it's going to take more than that because even if the Knicks are thinking they can they can pick up Oladipo on the low, there's going to be another team out there, like I said, the Heat or the T Wolves or you know somebody out there is going to up their up their offer and it's going to take it's going to take Barrett to move Oladipo for the Knicks I think you know and Chip same thing to you you're saying some of these things it's not going to take some of those those young guys it's going to take bigger assets to make this deal 
in your mind, what is a Pacers going to look for if, if trade discussions started? Uh, and same kind of question for you. Is it worth it? Is Oladipo worth being one of these guys that we give up many ass- assets for? No, I mean, it would take at least R.J. Barrett. You'd have to throw in there. And if I were the – look at what the Pacers got for Paul George. They got mm-hmm. two young first-rounders, Oladipo and Sabonis. Two years ago, I mean, we a lot's happened in two years with Oladipo, but he was one of the 15 or 20 best players in the NBA. He was first-team all-defense. I think he was – he had to have been top 10 in MVP voting. He was elite. He was a great player. And, Danny, you said he was – well, I know he led the league in steals. We just – well, you wrote about him too, you said, so I'm sure you saw that too. He was crazy amount of steals. Mm-hmm. It was like it's historically two, like two, high two point, amount 2. of steals. 2.4 a game or something. Oh, no, yeah, that might have been I his playoff even, numbers. But Yeah, yeah, 2.7. 2. Yeah, 2.7. Right. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. Insanely high. Yeah, no, he's a great defender. Even – you take away his scoring, all his other numbers are spectacular. The only – the only worry is, can he ever get back to that 23-point-per-game number? Because that's the only year he's ever averaged 20 points per game. So you got to worry, can he ever get back to that number? Because that's the only year that he's ever shot higher than 60% around the rim. Every other year, he's been below 50%. And every other year, he hasn't made the three. He hasn't made, like, more than whatever it was. He made 163s that year. No, he's never made anywhere close to 163s in any other year. So you got to worry that he's not a kid. You know, he's 28 years old. It's kind of like, God, I hate to compare it to Carmelo Anthony because we already talked about Melo, but it's like when, you know, they both had the quad injury. And when I, when I wrote about Oladipo, I said, I'm really getting Melo flashbacks like when they gave Mello the huge extension right after he got the quad injury and it was like oh shit should they really be giving this fucking extension right now I love Mello but I'm, I'm kind of thinking like that you know and yeah it's it's a concern and I think it would take but to your question Matt I I think at least it has to take RJ Barrett there's mm-hmm. no way they do it without giving up RJ Barrett and why Why would the Pacers give a shit about Kevin Knox? I don't think they would care at all about him or Dennis or Dennis Smith Jr. Frank Nielakina, I'm sure they'd love to have because they're they're a playoff team. Of course, they'd want Frank Nielakina. Yeah, I think R.J. And, Barrett and Frank Nielakina would be a good starting point for them. And Frank is. Uh, and Frank's I'm sure not, they want picks. Sorry, not to not to cut you off. Frank's no, no, not. No. A, go ahead. Frank's go ahead. not a uh, like he to me. He's not like a negative value at this point. I think you know he's like a, a nice sweetener in a deal where a team would, you know, a team like the Pacers who are a playoff team would be like, you know, we mm-hmm. could use him as like a, you know, a eighth, ninth guy off the bench, maybe possibly yeah. more, especially how, um, you know, they're probably going to lose holiday in the off season, something like that. You know, I could see a team being like, okay, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good thing. But that's not, it's like, people think it's NBA 2K where you can just be like, all right, we'll give you Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, Frank Nilakina, a second round pick, a Clippers pick another second round pick. And it's like, eventually they're going to be like, all right, we'll take it. And it's like, no, you have to start with something, something very, very like uh, enticing, like an RJ Barrett or, you know, next year's pick or this year's pick, you know, you got to start with something big. And I think we're kind of in agreement that the, the thing that you would have to start with is RJ Barrett. But is that worth it? It has to be RJ. Is that worth it? 
I, I, frankly, I, don't I think it is. Yeah, I, I think it's a big, I, I it's a big risk it. to take. It's a big risk to take because you know RJ is healthy right now, and you know he's young, and you know he's got potential. Will he ever be as good as Oladipo was that one year? You know, the best version of Oladipo. Probably not. Probably, Probably not. not. But will he become better than Oladipo is going to be? You know, in two or three years, that's a different story. But Oladipo is a free agent after next season, and you may have a shot at him then anyway. So you got to wait and see. Yeah, is my that's my take on it. Yeah, no, just to piggyback off that, if if Oladipo has a good year next year, he really does one out of Indiana. I mean, you know, there's going to be a ton of free agents out on the market that year. Knicks are going to have some money to spend. Then you can make a run at a guy. And I think you know. I'll believe it when I see it when another big free agent signs with the Knicks because it's just been so long that it hasn't happened. But at the same time, if if it if they show some promise next year, 2021, there are a million guys who are going to be free agents. It's like, okay, you know, you, you could end up luring a Victor Oladipo or, you know, somebody like that. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Wouldn't missing out on Giannis be the equivalent of missing out on LeBron and signing Amari? That would be signing Oladipo would be the equivalent of signing Amari, don't you think? Uh, that's that's it actually would be that's similar. Good, yeah, that's a good comparison. But that year, yeah. like before they traded for Melo, the Knicks that was like one of the most fun times. The Knicks, like that was one of the most fun Nick, you know, half seasons or whatever in a long time. They were like exciting with Amari and Felton, and yeah. you know, I mean, were they ever gonna were they gonna win a championship with that team? by itself no but it was at least you know there's a little excitement in the garden but they were fun yeah uh, they were i mean I yeah think, they were fun i think most people who are like us like podcasters writers you know reporters were always kind of thinking of the like the the end game of they need to do everything that they can do to win a championship but i think there's a certain segment of the fan base out there who's kind of just like i would be okay with you know, a team like that making it into the playoffs, like, you know, kind of four, five, six, seven seed being exciting and just trying to build off of that. I think even though, you know, you might not have, you might be kind of setting yourself up with a plateau, you know, and, and you have a ceiling. I think a, a certain segment of the fan base would, would, uh, would kind of sign on for that at this point. Like the, like the Hawks with, uh, well, what was Joe like the Joe Johnson Hawks? Yeah, honestly, was, like, they were perpetually caught there. Yeah, yeah caught and in, in that like you know you, maybe you you make a uh, Eastern Conference Finals run at yeah, one yeah. at one point, but like it's almost like that that championship is like, like you you know it's out of your grasp unless something you know crazy happens. But on the flip side of that, that's how the Raptors were for years and years and years, and then when they had the opportunity to to make a move they made the move and then they won the championship so i mean would you rather be in a, a playoff a perennial playoff team or the knicks right now yeah would you rather be consistently good every single year and know you're going to be in the playoffs every single year or just know that one you're know you're going to stink for a while and tank for a while and then make a run and do something like, I don't know, like the Lakers did and grab the best player of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how terrible were the Lakers for so fucking oh, yeah. long? 
You've already forgotten how bad the Lakers were for as long as they were. They were terrible. They had. They had but then they got LeBron Jerry James and Jordan Hill. That's 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 all that needs to be said. There. Some of those some of those uh, Lakers teams were were rough, and even yeah, I know uh, Jeff Ballone always would bring it up on Twitter. But before like before Game Two when the Lakers beat the Blazers, the Knicks had won a playoff game more recently than the Lakers, which still mm-hmm. seems kind of crazy. The Ryan Kelly Lakers. Yeah, I remember when he started. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't start at Duke. Yeah, Every time he didn't start it. Dude. Yeah, your boy from Duke starting at, on the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, you know, with the, with this whole thing though, you have a, a talented player, but I just don't think he's worth the assets to make a trade on the Oladipo trade. And I kind of agree with you guys as well. It would make more sense for another team, you know, as you guys mentioned, maybe the the Heat or something to add uh, with Jimmy Butler there. They have some young players. And a lot of depth, they can make like a move to try to try to bring in a player like that. If Indiana was looking Duncan Robinson, Duncan yeah, Robinson's the guy. Right. I mean, you, they have more. You know, maybe uh, none uh, from uh, Hero. You know, Hero. Uh, Hero. Mm-hmm. Hero. I mean, I, I guess you can. I guess you can. I just think the Heat really like him. Uh, but if you want to yeah. bring in a guy like Oladipo, so, you if know, I'm the Pacers. Yeah, yeah, I think. Right. Yeah, if, you know. If I'm, I mean, if I'm valuing the young guys on that roster, not including Bam, because he's he's just an All Star, yeah, but yeah, he's he's a different category, even though he's still young. But if I'm valuing those young guys, to me, Hero's the he he's the number one out of uh, out of those guys, just because he. I mean, none had a great year. Robinson can shoot the freaking lights out, but Hero to me seems like the guy who has like the most upside as like a right. legitimate shot maker, creator, playmaker yeah, playmaker. Like, yeah. And he, I don't know. I mean, this is not anything. This is just like eyeball test to the max. But mm-hmm. to me, it seems like he's got a good edge to him. Like, you know, he's he's got yeah, like that, that that competitive fire. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and you he's know, making it, big shots in the playoffs right now. Yeah, which, I mean, that's for, you know, what is he, 19, just turned 20? Yeah. That's that's huge. I think, you know, if for something like that, though, with the Knicks, to kind of just to wrap it up, it doesn't make sense. And the reason why, you know, is they're looking for guard play. They're looking for this and, and that and all that. And as I mentioned before as well, uh, our unrestricted free agent is Fred Van Fleet. Uh, next year, and the Knicks can pursue that. There are reports out there they can they can pursue that. Now, if this was a year ago, because I paid absolutely no attention to the Raptors at all, like, you know, when Kawhi was there, you kind of watch them, you go, man, they're, they're really good type thing. But, you know, like this year, no Kawhi. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. I was like, yeah, they'll be like a 7-8 seed type. You know, I know they had a very good bench, but I just feel like Kawhi was like that that guy that kind of made them go make make them tick I know he missed like 20 games and they still played well but I just didn't buy into it I seen you know Fred Van Fleet struggle early on last year's playoffs and then played so well in the finals coming into this year if you would have asked me like I said I thought it was a fluke like yeah that guy played well and the more and more that I've gotten a chance to watch him play I love his game. I, you know, you knew he's tough. You know, he goes out there, he competes. 
but he's turning himself into a really, really nice player and a valuable player for the Raptors. And I think, you know, it's one of those things where it's not going to be just a Knicks, obviously, you know, in pursuit for him. The Raptors are going to do everything they can to keep him. I, I, I think he is Canadian, you know, to keep him in, the, in the, the home country as well. So I think Toronto is going to do everything they can not to lose him. But there's going to be other teams that are, are, are trying to add Van Fleet to their roster. And to me, I wouldn't make a trade for somebody like Oladipo. I know it's point guard, shooting guard, you know, two different positions. I, I get that. But I'm just saying if you can hold on to your assets and, and aggressively pursue somebody like Van Fleet in free agency, I'd rather go that route than trade some away, uh, trade away some of our assets. The question is how much are they willing to spend on Van Fleet? Because I, I've, you know, especially the, the NBA money now, contracts are bigger, even for second-tier type players. And, you know, I'm not saying Van Fleet's a, a superstar, but he's, he's one of those high-end I think second tier kind of value players and those guys get paid pretty damn good money in the NBA nowadays. So what's the value? What's the market? What, what kind of price range are you looking for a guy like Van Fleet? If you think about some of these other guards who have made, you know, pretty, pretty sentimental money and big term deals, you know, what, what's the market going to look like for Van Fleet ship? I'll start with you on this one. If the Knicks had a chance to bring in Van Fleet, how much money do you think this is going to be? And again, is that money even worth it to try to pursue him to bring him into New York? Well, judging from the way he's played all year and the way he's played in the bubble, too, it's probably going to be $20 million a year to bring him in. And I'm not sure if it's worth doing that to bring him in. I'd go up to $15 million. Like initially, I thought. Four years, sixty million. I'd, I'd do that. Like I'd offer him that. But he plays on one of the best teams, one of the most well-run organizations in sports. So I'm not sure how the Knicks are going to offer get him to leave, unless they are able to outbid the Raptors. So they'd have to just wildly outbid them, and because they do have more cap room, obviously. But. I mean, the Raptors are going to be able to go p- pretty high. I mean, they're, I assume they're going to be willing to pay him $20, $25 million a year. And I'm not sure if Fred Van Vliet, who's not going to be good enough to put us over the top, right. is going to be worth that kind of money. Like, right. if you come in and you say Fred Van Vliet, four years, $80 million, or uh, four years, God, four years, $100 million, five years, $100 million, something like that, I'm going to be like, holy shit. No, right. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. But four years at 15 mil per for $60 million, yeah, I think I'd be on board with that. Or maybe even less than that, like three years. Uh, th- well, three years, $45 million is obviously never going to happen. I, I don't – I think he's going to want to sign longer than a three-year deal, but – I don't know, three years, 60, that's 20 mil per still. I don't know. That's still a lot of fucking money. $20 yeah. million dollars is a lot. Of, there's Not a huge to, difference right. between 15 and 20. Not to rain on the parade here. No, go ahead, Dan. Um, well, well, first thing, he's not Canadian. He's from Illinois. Just quick fact check yeah, there. I know, so, I know. Okay, yeah. But yeah. the other thing is um, <laughs> in, this, in December. That's Jamal Murray, right? Is Jamal yeah, yeah. Murray yeah, that's Murray's Canadian. I, that's a, Murray's yeah, Canadian. I knew it was um, one of those two. I couldn't remember. Wichita State. Which one? Wichita yeah, yeah. State. Okay. But um, yeah. 
Okay, so Fred Van Vliet on a in a podcast in on the Hoop Collective in December, Bobby Marks from ESPN, who's like the you know, a cap guy type thing. He said that one team told me last week they think he's gonna get between twenty five and thirty mil per season. And that was in December, kind of before I think oh, fuck. I think that was a little even a little bit before he really even popped off. Uh hold on one second here. I'm gonna pull up his stats. Uh, through, yeah. Uh, so his stats were about the same. He he didn't have a huge jump, or he was doing good before that um, podcast. So it was about the same as what he's done all year. So uh, maybe that's a little high. Uh, I, I still I can't see him getting thirty million a year. That's just that's just really really high to me. But twenty five million a year, I think that's realistic. If you if anyone's going to snag him for $20 million a year, I think it would be the Raptors. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be tough. And I think I'm on the same page with you, Chip. Like, I like him. I think he's – and you too, Matt. But I like him. I think he's a good player. I think he could help the Knicks. I think he's a decent fit with RJ. But I think it's going to be tough to bring him in just for the money. It's just going to be – it's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, if they want to keep their books clear for two guys in 2021. But, again, if you can sign – a guy like Van Vliet and kind of start that process. Is it better to have, you know, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush type thing? Yeah. It'd be the same thing as Old Depot with mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Are you willing to spend? But you don't. You're just, you're spending money on a guy who's not the guy, uh, who's not the guy. So mm-hmm. it's, Especially twenty five million a year. That's, Shit, that's, that's a lot. That's of money. A lot. Yeah, that's, <laughs> when you don't have a guy, and, that, and that's why, that's why I brought up the point is he's more of that second tier. He's not quite a superstar, but they make a good bit of money. And I just don't, as much as I love him, it's got to be on the right price that would make sense. And he just wants to come here. Now you're still not going to get him for like really cheap. You're still going to have to pay him a decent amount of money, but it would be probably more or, or less than what he can get if he stayed in Toronto or somewhere else. I just don't know if it's the right move for him uh, or for the Knicks, I should say, to kind of go in and spend that money. Now, the Canadian thing, like I said, I knew I heard somebody on uh, one of the broadcasts watching the game. I couldn't remember if it was the Raptors or Jamal Murray. But once once he said I was like, wait, that was Jamal Murray. Yeah, yeah. Murray, Murray. I can't keep up with all that. Um, um, and so, just, yeah, yeah, thanks for cleaning that up for me. I'm – I'm kind of going off topic here, but I do think that the Raptors are going to kind of claw back into that series. I know the Celtics have looked good, yeah, but I think the Raptors they 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 didn't play well in the first two games. I if you're asking me right now, I say the Celtics win the series just because they're up 2-0. But I think they at least bring it to six yeah. games. Uh, I think they're going to claw back in, and I think just you know more playoff success if Van Vliet has a has a couple good games. I think that's something where that even bumps up his value, you know, even more. And if they make a comeback here and they go to the Eastern Conference final or the final, you know, they keep going on. That's like, it's like with every game, it's like Van Vliet's going to be tougher and tougher to, uh, to snag for the Knicks at a, at a reasonable price. Yeah, you're right. And he's already after last year, he's already a $20 million a year player in Toronto probably. So, and he may be able to put in if, Say they come back and win this series, he may be able to push it to twenty-five million dollars a year. So, you know, I, I if you had to ask me, I bet I just think he stays in Toronto. Uh, it, 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 that's my, kind of been my feeling, even when I see this reported. I'm intrigued because I like him, 
And the more that I've gotten to watch him, as I said, I really like him. But I'm not giving him 30, 40 million a year. That just, oh, that's not seen. That don't sound good. You know what I mean? No, that that's insane. That's what you give. He's a, not a, getting thirty. That anyone. to me, that's to me, that's no, that's like no, big, there's no way. Big, big time Tobias no, Harris vibes. Like giving a, a max deal oh, to a guy God. who's like he's better than Tobias right. Harris. But, but that's he's, similar. Like a guy who's a good player. Like I yeah, think but that kind is, of money. is a very good player. But right. when you're giving out that kind of money, it's. And and I do I do think Tobias kind of like the Reggie Jackson type deal. I get I get I think he gets a little bit of a bad rap just because everything that went down in Philly and you know he's not Jimmy Butler so I think he gets a a little bit of a bad rap there but that that max money he does he does a guy like that is that that's tough that's tough. But that's what teams are having to decide. So there's there's people that are getting max contracts that probably are not max contract players. Uh, that that's kind of been something we have seen there, and 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 I think that thirty forty million right that that's like something you would give to a a, a superstar max player. Fifteen million range, but I think he's better than that. That's I, I, slightly, you know, about four or five, six more million per year. I think is what he can get somewhere like Toronto or something like that. So I, I don't think uh, it makes, it, it's not going to make sense for him and it's not going to make sense for the Knicks to go out and overspend for him type thing. So we have three players we discuss and not, none of them are coming to New York. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with it. It's not going to happen. The, the Ola Depot trade's not going to happen. Uh so we're still fishing for that superstar, but it ain't it ain't happening yet. It's just not until and again, I can sound like a broken record, but I think there's a plan in place by Leon Rose. I don't think it's necessarily next this free agent class to go ahead and try to make, you know, a spending frenzy and try to build the roster now. I think it's still you know, at least a few years away before we see them in the running for a big free agency until you start developing some of these young players. You develop young core, then you have something and you can you have an easier time attracting free agency. Um, you know, unless the player's just looking for a crap load of money and doesn't care about winning or anything like that, that's like your only way you'll get somebody to come at this point, I think, in the Knicks. So I, I don't – every time we see trade rumors and all that, I mean, I know it kind of sounds like the same thing because I just don't see any of these trade rumors or any of these moves ever going to happen because, one – it's going to involve giving away too many assets that we kind of need to hold on to right now. We shouldn't be trading away assets. Uh, we should be trying to get as many as we can possibly can, young assets, young draft picks, things like that. It just does not make a whole lot of sense to me to give them away, unless if it's, again, we had this discussion with uh, Chris Persianen, but somebody like Devin Booker or something. If he came available, then, my God, he would give him Barrett. I would pack the kid's bag for him. I would send them whatever the hell. They, I would bake them cookies and sent to their whole damn roster of the Phoenix Suns every week. And I don't even know how to book or how to bake if I could freaking get a booker. But that's not going to happen either. So I kind of – I feel like I just put, you know, more of that uh, realistic, pessimistic viewpoint. But don't see a big splash free agency or through a trade. For You're taking like your life in your hands with that viewpoint on uh, Nick's Twitter. Oh, yeah. Hard trade for yeah. booker. Hey, I, I, to me, I, I know what I'm going to get from Booker. You don't know exactly what you're going to – I like Barrett, and I think he can turn into a nice player, but you don't know exactly. I know what I can get from Booker. 
I would make that trade in a heartbeat. I would send them some draft picks as well to get a player like Booker. But that's another discussion that's just a fun rumor to kind of get into because it's never going to happen. This is never going to happen. So you really got to focus on the talent that we have, keep the assets that we have, and go from there. I think that's all that we'll be able to do. But I promise you this ain't going to be the last rumor that we discuss. I'm sure there'll be one that pops up again in a few weeks. You know, it's just the way it is. Uh, maybe maybe they'll become one where it actually would make sense or, you know, it's an actual realistic possibility the Knicks could do something. But so far, every name that gets thrown out there, I kind of my head just go, yep, not going to happen. So when I see the reports of Oladipo, that's the first thing I thought, not going to happen. I don't even think it makes sense for the Knicks to do it. Because, again, you're giving up so many assets because you know, if they're going to look to move on from him, they're going to get something back. You know, as you guys mentioned, they're a playoff team, right? They're not just trading away some talent to try to rebuild. They're just trying to move on for pieces that add some others here and there type thing, um, you know, because they still have a good core of players as well. Does, doesn't make sense for the, the Knicks in that aspect. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, now I think it's time for our last call segment part of the show here. Does anybody have any other Closing remarks they want to make before we go ahead and wrap it up. The floor is yours. Anybody last thoughts? No, nothing pertaining to what we talked about, but I just opened up a page with all NBA salaries and John Wall is going to make 47 million in 2022, 23. So that just caught my eye. I figured, I figured that was something that I should remind people about. Jesus Christ. Hasn't played in what, like two seasons? that's God. insane that must be nice i ain't mad at him yeah i'm not get your money get your money go for it like good for you yeah, yeah man i ain't mad i wish you'd give me some of that money just like you know a little bone here and there for just supporting him on that well done sign contract yeah yeah no we're his biggest <laughs> fans now yeah, but, uh, yeah you should throw no colin loring Colin Loring is John Wall's biggest supporter. That's he should true. Throw some of that to him. Colin, yeah, friend of the show. Colin deserves more of that than we do. So maybe, maybe Colin will have some trickle mm-hmm. down to us when he gets his uh, his cut. Yeah. We give Colin a lot of shout outs on here. So if he gets sure. a cut, we should yeah. get a cut. Yeah, that's well, all we, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we shout out Colin at least once a you know once every no, episode. I feel one. so. That's all I'm saying. Once an episode, he gets yeah. more publicity on this show than fucking joe house gets on bill simmons's podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> we need colin to get Facts. on every time we try to get colin on he he's always uh yeah i'll come on and then something comes up i need colin on like he needs to get his butt <laughs> on the show that's yeah. what he needs to do we need to we I need haven't to talk to colin in like a year we need to pl- we need to start our plan for how we're going to get some of that yeah. john wall money we need to we need to get together <laughs> on that <laughs> absolutely absolutely but i think that's all we have today Again, we're looking to uh, get into the draft picks. You know, uh, Danny, we were talking about this last week that we're excited about this draft and, and you know, would like to get other viewpoints on, uh, you know, have other guests. We did that a couple of years ago, had people on. We could do things like a mock draft and all that stuff. So I look forward to kind of diving into it and, and getting more into this draft. Because last year, I don't think we really – you know, we again, we knew – the three players that were possible that we were going to get. And we kind of knew who we were going to get all along. So it really didn't 
have to do a whole lot of diving into. But I think with the eighth pick, there's several different possibilities that the Knicks can go. More variety. Picks. So I, I think, you know, profiling some players every week can kind of be the, the focus on, on the show. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that and kind of studying this upcoming draft and, uh, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what could be the best option for the Knicks and all that and see if we all agree on it. So we'll, we'll get into that uh, coming up next week. But that's all we have. Thanks for listening.